Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Everybody loves Altoids, the little mints that come in tins. Well, once the mints are gone, you can do some really neat things with the leftover tins. People have made MP3 players, cameras, even stoves. Check out HowStuffWorks.com slash Tinnovators to find out more. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. Uh, with me, as always, is Charles Bryant. I don't even know why I say that, Chuck. I should just go Josh and Chuck here. No, you get your thing. This is a stupid intro, Chuck. Let's start over. You say that every week. Hey, and welcome <laughs> to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. There's Chuck Bryant. This is Stuff You Should Know. Thanks for uh, listening to us. Thank you. An even heartier thanks would go out if people actually paid for this, but still. No, people like free. Yeah. Good for them. Uh, well, yeah, well, we're not charging for it. No. Fear not, everyone. I'm just saying. Right. And you know what? Think about that before you write in and tell us we're idiots. Yeah. We'll give you your money back. Did you ever see that Simpsons where Bart goes off on um, that uh, itchy and scratchy fan? No. Where he's actually talking about the Simpsons. The guy's like, I feel like they owe me something as a loyal fan. I think it was comic book guy he goes off on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he goes, oh, really? They owe you something for years and years of free programming and right. <laughs> entertainment that they've provided you That's at funny. no charge? That's what happens, though. You know, people will take ownership, and I do the same thing. We all do. It's nice to be owned. It's like, lost sucks now. How could you do that? Does it suck? I, I've never paid any attention to it. No, actually, I think this past season was a return to form, but the previous season was a little lame. It happens. Moving on. Moving on to sarcopenia. Speak, well, speaking <laughs> of aging, aging uh, television shows. Yes. We could also discuss aging human beings. Very nice, Josh. <laughs> that was that was clumsy. Let's dish. That got delivered by a drunk pizza guy. Let's dish on sarcopenia. Okay, I just like that name. It's a, it's a good name. It is. Um, so Chuck, you know there are some obvious signs of aging as as we uh, progress in our years. Sure. Especially, it seems like these days once you start to hit the mid to late seventies, right? All of a sudden, bam! You're like half your height. Right. You're stooped over, uh-huh. your, your rib cage is sunken in like the guy from the um, Unforgiven Metallica video. Right, uh, S- sagging skin on the yeah. face. These are the signs of age, yep. and and you just kind of take this for granted. I, I know I did until I wrote this article, but it turns out that a lot of this stuff can be prevented. Yeah. And a lot of these signs of aging are sarcopenia, which is age-related muscle loss. Right, and we just want to say out there, if you are under 40, like... Many of our listeners probably are. Listen up, because it will happen to you too, and you can remember this one day and and use it. Or you can uh, advise your parents and grandparents. Yeah. Well, actually, the whole reason this came up was because I was um, talking to my dad about it. Oh, right. He just turned seventy-one on July fourth, and um, he's starting to. He lost a bunch of weight. He, uh-huh. He's looking like Mr. Burt Reynolds these days. Um, he wears makeup. A lot, actually. <laughs> Only Mac, though, only the good stuff. Right. Um, and he's, but he's, his muscles are starting to atrophy because he's losing a bunch of weight and he's advancing in age, but he's not exercising as much. So uh-huh. I said, you know what? You're at risk for sarcopenia. And I'm going to look up this article I wrote. And you were sitting next to me and you said, right. are we podcasting on that this week? And I said, yes, we are. So here we are, everyone. That's how it happens. There's the backstory. People always wonder how we pick. That's how we pick yeah. sometimes. Yeah, and the whole reason um, also, because we do have a, a fairly young listenership. Yeah. 
uh, this can be prevented most easily by starting young. Yeah, starting young. Yeah. So let's talk about sarcopenia. Let's talk about muscle loss. First, let's talk about muscle, Chuck. Protein? Yeah. Yes, muscle mass is protein, basically. The end. The end. And uh, I like your, how you said that in the, in the article that the body seeks uh, stasis. Mm-hmm. So what you want is that balance between uh, production and usage of that protein. Right. You don't want to overproduce. The body seeks stasis in many, many ways. Well, yeah, that's, 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 the, that's the, yeah. That that's, balance. That's the... The, the level that it, it, it's seeking at all times with everything. Right. Equilibrium. Equilibrium, buddy. It's a beautiful thing. So, Chuck, um, muscle is obviously produced in the body. We don't just, you know, go buy a length of muscle and insert it where we want it. One day. Yeah, right, yeah. Um, we, we actually can produce our own uh-huh. um, through non-essential proteins. These are proteins that the body produces its, uh, on, on its own. Right. And then uh, we have essential proteins that we need to build muscle with. And food. we derive yeah. these by, you know, jumping on gazelles and eating their throats out. Right. Or just eating peanut butter and things like that that contain a lot of protein, tuna right. fish. Tearing the throat out of peanut butter. Right. So we got to tear the throat out of something to get muscle. Right. And those are essential proteins. You're right. Right. You might have already said that. I think I did. But it doesn't matter, buddy. Um, so we take this protein uh, and, and the stuff we produce, it's called synthesis. And the stuff we use, the non, the essential proteins, that's uh, metabolism, right? Yes. Um, and we we never really lose our ability to metabolize proteins right. as we age, but we do tend to lose our ability to synthesize our own. Right. Right. And uh, this is where you wanted to get into hormones, correct? <laughs> you were just setting me up all day <laughs> long, buddy. Uh, insulin-like growth hormone, IGF one. Yeah. Testosterone. Yeah. And growth hormone. Yeah. They all uh, play a role in the production of the protein, Josh. Did you know that? I did. I wrote this article. <laughs> well, anyway, the, the point is these hormones, hormones, you know, are the uh, chemical messengers in our body. Uh-huh. They do all sorts of crazy stuff. I just wrote about um, whether or not you can get pregnant while you're breastfeeding. And hormones are amazing. And by the way, I know everything there is to know about the, fe- about the menstrual cycle. Really? I know everything. I'll, ask me any question later. I'll tell you. Menarche. Menarche. Uh, the problem, Josh, is that the uh, the pro- these hormones decline as we age. Right. So the 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 um, the protein production is aren't get, it's not getting the the signals that it used to right. through the hormones. So non-essential protein production slips, leaving only essential production, or I'm sorry, essential proteins that you ingest. And I think you you indicated that. Uh, as we get older, we actually need more protein. So that's kind of like a one-two punch. Right. And we don't necessarily get more protein. You once you, once thing. you establish a diet right. in your lifetime, right. you usually kind of stick to it. It's, yeah. Especially in your seventies. Right. Mean, I mean, people may, you know, kind of, uh, come to understand their bodies. I can't remember how Douglas Copeland put it in Generation X. I think aware of your body. Right. People become aware of their bodies uh, later in life, so they may change their diet some, but generally your your protein intake will remain the same even though you need it more. So you've got hormone decline uh-huh. and Pro- protein a, a deficiency. protein deficiency. So that's two of the three. Actually, we didn't even mention the third yet. Well, this is the most this is the most vital one, motor unit restructuring. Right. So you've got these three things, hormone decline, protein deficiency, and motor unit um, restructuring, which we're about to get into. And all of a sudden, you've got sarcopenia. Exactly. You're stooped over. Your face is sagging. Yep. Again, you look like the old guy from uh, the Unforgiven video. You're walking slow. What is the Unforgiven video? You know that Metallica song? 
Unforgiven? Mm, yeah, sort of. It came out post good Metallica. Yeah. Before horrible Metallica. Okay. So gotcha. it was during the middle ground. Metallica phase. After yeah. Ride the Lightning, before. Pre- whatever that. Lollapalooza tour. Yeah. Okay. When they started wearing eyeliner and stuff. Yeah, yeah. When they cut their hair. So we've got, we've got sarcopenia, um, but we haven't really talked about that motor unit restructuring. This is the, the most, uh, important factor. Right. Right? So. Can we tell them what a motor unit is? Yes. Okay. So Joshua, things called motor neurons, and they command the uh, muscle fibers to, to voluntary muscle fibers, voluntary muscle fibers to do things. Right. And so that's the, a, mo- a motor unit as those two things together. Right. The muscle fibers they command, and the neurons, right, the them. muscle fibers and the neurons that command them. Yes. That's a motor unit, right? Yes. And and again, it's uh, strictly voluntary muscle we're talking about. Yeah. So the neuron gets a command from the brain. I think in the article I use the example of raise right arm and punch Chuck in the neck. I would never do that. Okay. I'd say, shut up, brain. <laughs> um, so the brain sends a signal to the neurons involved in raising your right arm, uh-huh. and they fire um, and contract the muscles. Innervation. Which is what's going on. Like, you're lifting your arm. It's really a bunch of muscles contracting. Yeah. And w- when I think about it like that, I think about, like, little tiny, like, pirates, like, pulling on the, um, the, the, what are, what Hoisting the sail? Sure. Like that, like heave ho, heave yeah, ho, sure. and all of a sudden your um your your arm is raised. Right there, you have it. It's called innervation, technically. When the muscle fibers are caused to contract from the neurons, right? right? Um, now raising your arm, that would be pretty much, probably exclusively the result of slow twitch neurons. Yeah, let's we need to explain the difference here. There's two kinds of neurons. There's fast twitch, and there's slow twitch. FT and ST. And uh, fast twitch, uh, fast twitch, fast twitch, fast twitch. I like fast twitch. Fast twitch. That's really hard to say. Is uh, it's like Irish wristwatch. Yeah, exactly. It's very uh, specialized because they um, command like um, only fast movements, like when you run or like eye twitches. Your eyelids, like yeah. yeah, like really precise movement. But there aren't as many of them because they only command a certain, you know, limited number of functions. Right. Well, one one fast twitch neuron will command, um, say, just a few muscle fibers right. because it has to be precise. Right. So it can't be concerned with a whole bunch at once. Right. Slow right? twitch, on the other hand, is uh, the, the mass. I think the way I put it in the article was um, the uh, fast twitch neurons are, are kind of agile. Right. Uh, like a tightrope walker. Yeah, yeah. Where slow twitch are like bulls in China shops. Right. They're just kind of big and dumb and lumbering and brr, you know? Exactly. So That's the slow twitch it. neuron is going to raise your arm. Right. Uh, because it's just a bunch of just muscle fiber that yeah. isn't really involved in anything precise. Big right? galoot. Big galoot. The right. problem is uh, that the FT, the fast twitch ones, they die off um, as you age first. Right, they're the first to go. So what happens is, is if if there if a if a group of muscle fibers are no longer uh, commanded by a neuron, uh-huh. they're at risk of um, atrophying, right? Th- which is muscle death, yeah. right? Uh, so then all of a sudden you have muscle loss. To prevent this, the body has a pretty cool system. This is very cool. Out of nowhere, the um, the closest slow twitch neuron, that's that's uh, the the one that's closest to the dead fast twitch uh-huh. neuron. Will take over. Yep. Will attach itself and take command in place of the of fast these, twitch. Right. Yes. So you still need these precise movements, but now it's being um, they're being commanded by a big dumb lumbering neuron. Right. So that is the restructuring. That's motor motor unit restructuring. Right. And the result of it is, is um, you know, if a loss of coordination, 
um, a loss of quick reaction. Yeah, it's less precise. Right. So that's part of that um, that lack of balance that happens as you age. It's actually the result of muscle loss, right? Exactly. And that's part three of the what you call the perfect storm that can uh, increase the onset of sarcopenia. Right. And when this happens, especially along the spine, the muscle fibers along the spine, when uh-huh. there's motor unit restructuring or just straight up neuron death, um, that's that's what gives us our stoop posture because to stand right. upright, it requires muscles going heave, ho, yeah, yeah. right? And um, when you lose it, you end up being stooped over. So these all put together all these signs of, of age, the loss of the intercostal muscles between the ribs, uh-huh. stoop postures, sagging skin. It's called senile sarcopenia. Yep. And this is the most preventable type of sarcopenia. You that's can also get news. sarcopenia from um, disease. There's some other much less preventable right. forms of sarcopenia. You said sarcopenia. environmental uh, conditions can... Sure. Can like, lead. basically, if you lay down in a... Um, uh, a highway tunnel uh-huh. for several years and just inhale carbon monoxide right. constantly, you're probably, gotcha. sarcopenia will be among the various maladies that develop. Right. Well, the good news, though, like you said, is that this can be prevented. And this is the message that you need to talk to your parents and grandparents about and what people like me need to remember very soon as I am aging. Right. And d- th- there's a, an easy solution to this. Yeah, weights. Weights, resistance training. Yep. So for a long time, doctors, well, they still do. But physicians um, have, or the medical establishment has always recommended something like, uh, I think, um, 30 minutes of exercise a day. Yeah, it's all about cardio, usually. Cardio, like walking, running, uh-huh. swimming, getting the heart going. And yeah, you need to do that, but that, that has little to no effect on sarcopenia. Um, sarcopenia. Yeah. But resistance training does. Um, and they've done a bunch of studies on this. I found a, this is one of those articles, Chuck, where I wrote it and there was just so much awesome information out there. It right. was just a really interesting article to write, despite when it was assigned to me and I found out what sarcopenia was, I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Right. Why would I be writing this? Yeah. Me of all people. <laughs> um, I need to write about whiskey. But there, there's been a bunch of studies that have turned up some really surprising results, right? So, um, there was one that I came across that put a, a group of elderly people aged 78 to 84. Yeah, this is pretty impressive. On resistance training. And, uh-huh. and by resistance training, we're talking about, um, oh, I don't know, you know, where you lift legs, uh, weights with your legs by just, like, flexing them outward. I can't remember. I don't know what it's called. You're not a or, gym like, guy. Or, like, bringing your – I've done it before. <laughs> Those I've seen machi- it on usually television. The, the machines probably – I doubt – if they recommend that the elderly go in there and start hitting the bench press. No, as a matter of fact, they recommend that the elder, elderly not try this first. Right. They need uh, to by themselves. They need, yeah. at, at the very least, the advice of, of somebody who knows what they're talking about at the gym, who right. works at the gym. And if they're not a personal trainer. Too. You want to talk to your doctor first if yeah. you're if you're elderly. But we're, the point here is, is that if you are elderly and you are developing sarcopenia, it can actually be reversed by resistance training. Yeah, hit them so with like the these stat. signs of aging can be reversed. Um, these, this, this study that had 78 to 84 year olds, they put them on a resistance training program um, and they saw an increase of protein synthesis. Remember, that's the stuff that we, that's the ability we lose as we get older. Right. The increase was 182%. That's unreal. I love that one. That's huge. Yeah. Because normally there's like increases and in, in whenever you look at a study, it's like, oh, there was a 2% change. Yeah, yeah. This is that's significant. Mark difference. This is enormously significant. Yeah. Right? Can I tell so them about the other just one? Just by doing weights, we can synthesize proteins right. better. Right? Yeah. Can I tell them about the other one? Please do. Uh, the USDA did this one and they said that uh, elderly participants who did resistance training for 45 minutes, three times a week, 
saw for twelve over a three month span saw an average increase of thirty two percent muscle fiber and thirty percent increase in strength. Yeah, and that's huge, man. That's uh, forty five minutes three times a week yeah. for twelve weeks. It's nothing. No, not much. And if you're seventy or eighty, what else are you doing? You're not working. <laughs> yeah, hit the gym. Yeah, Wapner commands you. Should we talk about astronauts? Well, this yeah, I was hoping we'd get to this. The yeah, whole the whole cool. reason that we know that resistance training works is thanks to our friends at NASA. This is weird, man. What happens is astronauts have a uh, similar existence as elderly because it's very sedentary. They're in a space shuttle and there's not much room. They're weightless. They're just hanging around drinking Tang, doing yeah, nothing. Exactly. They never did nothing for nobody. Here's the interesting thing, Joshers. What? And I know you know this. They uh, have an opposite effect. Their slow twitch. Well, weightlessness. Weightlessness does. Yeah. Yeah, not, not just if you're an astronaut. <laughs> right. But yeah, being. You're doomed. Being weightless. Uh, the fast twitch ones actually, uh, the slow twitch ones die off first. And, and then the, the fast twitch ones t- pick up the slack. Right. Rather than down here on Earth where the yeah, fast twitch crazy. dies off first and then the slow twitch picks up the slack. And I've heard of this. I didn't know the science behind it, but I had heard that if you're weightless in space, like these people that are up there for like a year at the mm-hmm. space station, are coming back and like tearing calf muscles, like yeah, that's the result of it. It's not a loss of coordination, but a very easily torn muscles because the yeah. little the little precise uh, fast twitch neurons are not used to controlling like these huge. You know, yeah. they they don't do the heave ho that well. That's crazy, man. Yeah, so they that's, have to work this all out if we're going to we live. It out. You know, in outer space one day. Yeah, and I think the last point is is yes, you're supposed to do cardio. You're supposed to do the 30 minutes of walking every mm-hmm. day to stay alive and all that. But the point is, is you can't walk if you can't stand up straight, right? You can't walk away your sarcopenia. So you want to you wanna do the resistance training first. Mm-hmm. You want to start on that. Or you want to start that regimen first and then move into walking. Yeah. And again, if you're 12 years old and you're listening to us, you have no idea how this applies to you. But my friends, it does. Right. Sarah. Sarah, our amazing 11-year-old fan. No, she's 12 now. Oh, she's 12. That's right. This does apply to you, just as it applies to Chuck and I. And uh, let's go hit the gym, buddy. Let's do it. Yeah. You, me, and Arnie. Mm-hmm. So, Chuck, uh, and if anybody wants to... I This is one of those articles where it'd be good to kind of print out and have around yeah. to refer to, I think. Sort of science Plus, there's some really good links on the Lots More Information page to, right. to give you more information. Lots more information. Uh, they, you can find that article by typing in sarcopenia. That's S-A-R-C-O. P-E-N-I-A, in the handy toolbar at HowStuffWorks.com. And uh, before we do listener mail, Chuck, let's do a little plug. Yeah, we we haven't plugged ourselves in a long, long time. We're not big on tooting our own horns. No. So we're going to plug our blog, which we haven't done in a while. And you can go to the HowStuffWorks.com website. Uh, Yeah. Go to the blogs. You'll see it over on the right side, the blogs of HowStuffWorks. Yep. There's there's a a lot of people have blogs. We have, what, seven, eight, nine now? Yeah, and they're all really great, actually. They are. We have um, our Tracy, uh, our colleague Tracy Wilson Uh writes fan stuff. It's all about geekdom. Yep. Um, Katie uh, does the uh, history stuff blog. Yeah. Uh, stuff you missed in history class, I should say. Scott's over there with auto stuff, uh-huh. science. We've got the whole shebang. Strickland and the gang with tech stuff. The brain does one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can find all of them at the blogs at howstuffworks.com. 
and um, I think it's blogs.howstuffworks.com. Right. And or the home Should we plug the webcast, too? Definitely. We haven't plugged this in a long time because we were not too sure of ourselves at first with the webcast, but we do a weekly... Are we, are we now? Oh, yeah. When did that happen? I think it's good. Okay. Uh, we do a webcast every Wednesday at 1 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. And, and it's, it's live. It's live video. Right. Without a net. And it's pretty clear that it's live <laughs> when you see us stumble through uh, certain yeah. things. What? Not not this week or last week. The week before, we actually started over like five minutes into it. Did we? It Remember, <laughs> it got so out of hand, we're just like, let's just start over. I don't even remember. It was, wow. It's a lot of fun, though, and it's a little different than the show. It's uh, a little more news-oriented. We yeah. talk about current events. And, and we don't cannibalize the yeah. podcast. No, not at all. So it's, it's fun. And you can watch that... Uh, on our blog, actually. Yeah, so uh, that's our webcast and yeah. the blog, which means... Plug time is over. Yeah, and that means... Listener mail. That's right. Josh, I'm just going to call this... <laughs> it Made Me Feel Good, and it's from Omaha. <laughs> that's a great title. I always think of these on the fly, you understand. Uh, dear Josh and Chuck, I've been meaning to write you and the History Stuff gals for a long time now for helping me survive horrendous long international plane trips for work. I save up a bunch of podcasts and listen to them to keep out the noise of strangers exchanging small talk and baby screaming and to take my mind off my anxiety and boredom. However, now I really have something to thank you for. Friday I got back from a trip to Brazil uh, during which I listened to the podcast on Toxo and other parasites prevalent in Brazil. Lovely. Uh, And the next day I had to put my beloved bunny of nine years to sleep. It's awful. Is that related to... Toxoplasma? Not at all. Um, I have been heartbroken. It's very sad. Yesterday, driving home from work, I played a couple of your podcasts I hadn't listened to on my trip and found myself laughing out loud. It was amazing. I hadn't felt like laughing or even smiling for days, and you two cheered me up more than I thought was possible. Awesome. Sure, you didn't save my life or anything like you did with the hypermiling woman, but you certainly helped my emotional state. For that, I thank you. Keep up the great humor. I'm sure it helps more than... Uh, helps people more than you know. This is from Brim in Omaha, Nebraska. Brim? Yeah. Awesome. B-R-E-M. And that awesome name, too, a, Brim. a last name or a nickname or something. Yeah. She had a different name, and I just can't say it on the air. Oh, I gotcha. You know we don't say full names. Did you give her that nickname? No, no, no. That's oh, how okay. she signed it, but then her full name was I gotcha. there as well. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah, it made, it made me feel good. Well, if you uh, have any stories about how we made you feel better about a dead pet or any international travel you'd like to tell us about, you can send that in an email to stuffpodcast at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Want more HowStuffWorks? Check out our blogs on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?